Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. God is going to help you tonight. So let's welcome Pastor Cox. Praise God. I don't know how about, about Premier. I'm kind of like on the lower class level, but it's okay. We'll, we'll believe God. Amen. Philippians chapter 3, if you have your Bibles, Philippians 3. It is an honor and a privilege as always to be able to preach, but to be able to preach here in Prescott is a special honor and uh, not taken lightly, and I really do appreciate the opportunity from Pastor Mitchell to be able to come and minister. I want to talk to you about your discipleship and discipleship and being a Christian in general. One of the things that happen many times is we start off really strong. We start off doing really well. We begin to press in. We fight. We're in the battle, <clears throat> the battle for souls. And things begin to happen in life. Issues begin to arise. Problems come our way. Things happen to us. And we begin to lose focus on why we do what we do and what we're supposed to be doing at the moment. Many times we, in the temporary, forget about the eternal. And so they, you know, people begin to drift and other things appropriate our time. In other words, we have a mission from God. How many of you believe you have a mission from God? Okay, we're all, all of us are called to something. We have a mission from God. But we take our eye off of that mission we begin to pull back, and sometimes we pull back into comfort and safety, and we lose the battles of life, and pretty soon we lose everything. There's a man you've, most of you have probably never heard of. If, if I told you what it was about up front, you say, oh yeah, I, I, I can click to who that is. But most of you don't know his name, would never consider him as a role model of sorts. His name is Michael Murphy, grew up on Long Island, New York, and he went to college to become an attorney. His dad was a prosecutor in the little town he grew up in. But after college, he decided to go into the military, which is very unusual. So he went in as an officer, and he went to the U.S. Navy and became a SEAL. And so he wanted to do some things as a SEAL. He wanted to help his country. He wanted to make sure America was free from terrorists and terrorism. So he put himself in that position, went through lots and lots of training, had setbacks during the way, but he was able to focus. On June 28, 2005, this 29-year-old lieutenant was in charge of a four-man SEAL team. They were surveilling an area. They were looking for a target, an Al-Qaeda target, who was a very big target, and he had hundreds of fighters around him in this village, They're looking down on him, and as I get into the story, you're going to figure out what this is all about. He, all of a sudden, 
two shepherds come up where they are, and they have a decision to make, kill them or find a new location and hope the enemy doesn't find you. Well, he's decided they're not going to kill him. And within a short time, as they began to try to move positions, they found themselves trapped in a location they couldn't really get out of. And his four-man SEAL team was being assaulted by between 50 and 80 enemy fighters with heavy machine guns and RPGs. They held off these enemy fighters and eliminated 35 bodies that they counted plus whatever they drug off. Four-man team. One man got away and survived, but the rest of them stayed in the fight. They're taking enemy fire. They're taking casualties. Body parts are being blown off, and they're in the fight. They didn't lose their focus on the mission, and that's the point. He won the Congressional Medal of Honor for this because he stayed in the fight. He would not give up, not surrender, not give up any more ground. They stayed in the fight. In fact, he ended up stepping out away from cover to get on the radio to call for help, and that's how he got killed. And so very interesting for us. Here's a man who knew he was going to die but refused to lose focus on the mission that he was charged to complete. And I would submit for us tonight, we must be the same as disciples, as men of God. We must be the same. We must refuse to get out of the fight and refuse to lose focus. Let's read Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. I'm going to read out of the New Century Version. It says, I do not mean that I am already as God wants me to be. I have not yet reached that goal, but I continue trying to reach it and to make it mine. Christ wants me to do that, which is the reason he made me his. Brothers and sisters, I know that I have not yet reached that goal, but there's one thing I always do, forgetting the past and straining toward what is ahead. I keep trying to reach the goal and get the prize for which God called me through Christ to the life above. So in this text that Paul is writing, he highlights some simple truths. <clears throat> Excuse me, the air is too fresh here. I need some L.A. smog. Anyway, that's true. Anybody got a bottle of uh, diesel fuel? And No, I'm just kidding. And so in this, Paul is highlighting that he still needs to grow. There, there still needs to be some things in his life that he's doing. You know, as disciples, sometimes we think we've arrived. Somehow we've learned enough. We have enough knowledge. We have enough insight. Pastor, send me. I've got this. Pastor, I'm ready. I got my ministry down pat now. I'm ready to go. We, we think that a lot. But Paul is highlighting this. He says, I don't mean that I'm already as God wants him to be. In other words, he understands the dynamic. He says, I haven't reached the goal. Haven't gotten there yet. I'm trying to, but I still haven't gotten there. Because there's a process to embrace. And the process is, the call here is, that each individual here, you have to make your salvation your own. Paul understood this. This is my salvation. I have to grow in this, and I have to be who I need to be. I have to fulfill the mission I have. It's not just a theory now. It's a reality for me. See, many of us, we're in discipleship. And by the way, I'm still a disciple of Pastor Mitchell and Pastor Greg. They still teach me. They still train me. It's ongoing until Jesus comes back. And we all have things to learn, things we need to do. He says, I keep trying to reach that goal for the prize. I'm, I'm, I'm laboring at this. He says, I have to grow into this now. Consider who this is. 
This is Paul the Apostle. Paul, highly educated, sat at the feet of Gamaliel, read the scripture, the best teacher in Jerusalem, the best teacher of the Pharisees, taught him. He's highly educated. He has wealth. He has money. He had property. He was a Roman citizen by birth, which means he had some things. He's a Pharisee of Pharisees, which means in his movement, he was one of the brightest and the best, one of the upcoming stars. And yet, he says, you know what? Haven't made it yet. Haven't done it yet. I can't, I can't lose focus here because I've done some good things. See, Lieutenant Murphy had done some good things. He was on other missions that were very successful. But this mission, he said, I can't lose focus on where I'm at now, the mission I'm on now. I can't just look at the past and say, man, we're a success. Our SEAL team is a success because we did this, took down this guy, killed this guy, and did that. He says, there's other things that are ahead of us, and we need to be focused, laser-focused on that. If you read in the Scriptures, the church of Corinth thought they were very well off, very on top of things in their Christian faith. They thought they had a lot of things together because they had money and they were in a good location in, in Greece at the time. They thought they were mature and they were living their Christianity the way they thought was best for them. But Paul has to come to them and he says in 1 Corinthians 3, 2, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you're not able to receive it and even now you can't. He says, you should be teaching others, and still I'm teaching you the basics. See, that's how we get if we're not careful, because we think we've arrived at some location in our salvation and in our discipleship, and we don't need anything anymore. You know, if we fail to see this need for growth, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities. A lot of opportunities. Because things are going to come your way. God puts opportunities in your path that spur growth. He puts and allows issues in your path to spur growth. But if we think we know it all and we have it all together already, we're going to miss a lot of good things. Trials for us as disciples should be skills that hone us, that put an edge on us, that help us to get through things. You know, Lieutenant Murphy, during one of his training exercises, they were in a training exercise where they were practicing movements to contain an enemy, and they would leapfrog back and forth, and it was a live fire exercise. Well, the timing was off. One of his teammates stood up, which was the master chief, and he shot him right in the chest. Ended his SEAL career. He didn't die, but he ended his career. That's a mistake, a bad one. But he came through that and said, you know what, I have to move ahead. I have to learn from this, put this inside of me, and move forward. Because I have a mission. I have a focus. And I need to keep that focus laser sharp on my goal, which is to complete the mission that I have. And so we as disciples, that's your mission. Stay focused. Stay focused. And the second part of that is that you need to be engaging the enemy. You can't get comfortable. I preach at some places during the year. I preach around to help some guys out sometimes and do things. And I'm amazed at how many times when I get to a church that I haven't been at before, someone always introduces, me, uh, introduces themselves to me as the head disciple. 
<laughs> Hi, I'm the head disciple here. I'll praise God for you, brother. Hey, praise God. I'll be, what's your name? I'll be praying for you. Of course, he doesn't know I'm going to be praying for humility, but hey, you know, it's all good. But see, they're comfortable. They're in the comfort zone now. I'm the head disciple, so I'm in this position to get lost. I don't need to do anything else. That's total error. You're going to be in trouble. You can't be in a comfort zone ever. Paul is one of the brightest and best as a Pharisee. Great future. Comes to salvation, begins to minister. He's seeing great things happen in his ministry. God's moving powerfully. I mean, people, he's sending them handkerchiefs and they're getting healed. This guy has a powerful ministry. But he says, I haven't arrived yet. I, I, there, you know, I, I can't get in this comfort zone. I have to look ahead. For, I, I can't worry about what's behind me. I can't keep going back to this, this success story that I have, this one thing that I can put my finger on and say, I really did a great job here. He says, that doesn't matter today. Today what matters is where I'm going now. What I'm doing now, the mission that is before me at the moment. See, life for the Christian is not a pursuit of arriving at a comfort zone. It's a pursuit of engaging the enemy to win souls. Folks, we're in a war. We're in a battle. How many here are you former military? Raise your hands. Okay. How many former Marines? Raise your hands. It's just a couple. Okay. You know, when they train Marines, they train them for ambush tactics. And what they teach them is when you come under ambush, you do not retreat, you attack. Because it dis- disorients the enemy to the point where you can gain an advantage. What is up, Sermon Podcast listeners? This is Pastor Adam from the Virginia Beach Potter's House. Wanted to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. We hope that you have been enjoying the new daily podcast format. We have been doing our best to post a daily sermon, uh, either from our church or from around the fellowship. We want to ask a couple of favors of you, if you don't mind. First of all, if you are listening to this, make sure that you are subscribed. There's a lot of people who are listening to these and navigating to them uh, every single day, Uh, but it would be better for you and a whole lot better for us if you make sure that you are subscribed so that you get daily sermons delivered directly to your phone or your computer. Uh, The next thing I want to ask you to do is make sure that you leave us a review. We want to ask you, if you are enjoying the daily podcast, fellowship sermons from around the world, please, please go and uh, give us a rating, give us a five stars. Uh, And if you enjoy this, we want to ask you to please share this. No doubt there's people in your church that would enjoy listening to a daily sermon from around the fellowship. The third big thing I want to ask you to do is I want to talk to the sound booth guy in your church. And I believe that there are some treasure trove sermons out there. We've built a platform that uh, I believe 
we could use for the kingdom. And no doubt that there are some of you, you know somebody who knows somebody who's got about 10,000 sermons in the sound booth that they've been sitting on. Or, or maybe you've got a sermon that you think uh, would be great to share on this sermon podcast. We want to hear from you. We want to we want to get our hands on those uh, on those sermons so that we can publish them and we can get them out to the rest of our fellowship. So those are my big three requests. Uh, we want to say thank you again for listening. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Thanks a lot, guys. When we're under attack by the enemy, why do we retreat all the time? Oh, pastor, it's so hard. I know. Man, I just, you know, I don't know what to do. Fight. You fight. Let me ask you another question. Sorry, I'm an old detective. It's a bad habit. How many of you here have been in a fist fight in your life? Raise your hand. Okay. How come you don't like to fight no more? I'm not talking physically. I'm talking spiritually. You know, when you get in a fight, you know, before I was saved, and I'm sure before you were saved, when you get in a fight, you don't fight to just, you know, give a good showing. You know, I fought to not only win, but to totally dominate and destroy my opponent so he would never want to fight me again. That, if that includes biting a piece of his face off, that was fine. Yeah, I'm from New Jersey. That, that's fair game. Bite his nose off, whatever works. You got to bring that kind of attitude back into the kingdom of God with you as a spiritual warrior. Never surrender, never give up, no defeat. You can't give, you got to stay in the fight. These, these seals are getting hit with rounds from the enemy. RPGs are blowing up the ground around them. They're taking shrapnel. Grenades are being dropped on them from over the cliff. They, there's nowhere to go. There's 800 feet straight down. They're jumping from ledge to ledge, 30 feet at a time, becoming injured, being shot, taking hits from shrapnel, from RPGs and grenades. They're wounded. Uh, One of the seals had several fingers blown off. He's still using his weapon. He's still in the fight. Because they train you in that training, you're never out of the fight unless you're dead. First Timothy 4, 9 through 11 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of men, especially to those who believe these things command and teach. He says, look, you're going to go under uh, reproach. There's going to be problems. But you're laboring. You're fighting. You're in the battle. You've got to make this work. You have to be willing to labor through whatever it is you're dealing with. And all of us deal with things. Lieutenant Murphy and his team are outgunned at least 50, most estimates 80, to 4. And they eliminate the bulk of the enemies. They had a goal in mind. They had a mission to complete. And they were going to get it done no matter what it took. They're going to stay in the fight no matter what it took. Every hit from an enemy weapon, they stood and fought until they couldn't fight anymore and they were dead. That's the attitude we have to have. He had a goal. His goal is to eliminate terrorism. And he would not shrink from that. He would not turn from that. He would not give up because things got tough. You think you got it rough? 
When's the last time you were taking rounds from a heavy machine gun and RPGs and grenades? Now they closed the door in my face. I couldn't believe it, man. That's how you talk to your wife. Anyway. We have a fight. And we need an attitude that doesn't lose focus. Paul goes on in Philippians, in Philippians 1.20. He says, I expect and hope that I'll not fail Christ in anything, but that I will have the courage now, as always, to show the greatness of Christ in my life here on earth, whether I live or die. This man faced the real prospect of death for his beliefs. We don't face that here. You know, we, we face, uh, you know, uh, slam doors and, uh, you know, uh, walk-by cursings. They walk by and curse at you, you know. That's about the, the worst we're going to get. He tells Timothy, because Timothy's going through issues in his church where he's young and has some opposition, things have come against him and all that's going on. And he writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He says, you're in a war. You've been enlisted. He says, you're in a battle now. He says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. He says, look, you're in the war. You're in the fight. You have to stay in the fight. You don't get involved and get into this comfort zone where you're just not going to be doing much, thinking somehow you've arrived. There's a war here, and we're in a war. There's a spiritual battle for souls. The enemy is formidable. He does everything he can to kill them, to destroy them, to rip them off once they get saved. He does it all. Have you ever wondered why when you pray with someone, all of a sudden then the JWs and the Mormons start showing up at their house? You ever, you ever, it's amazing. It's like they get saved on Sunday, Monday, the JW, hi, let's do a Bible study, you know? There's an enemy out there. He's real. He's fighting for them. He wants them. The battle is raging. We have weapons at our disposal. But many times we don't use those. We have prayer. I won't even ask you to raise your hands. How many of you pray every day at the church? And if you don't, I would ask you, why? Is the chorizo cooking too much for you? It's got you. What is it? Why can't you go? Oh, it's out of my way. Really? But if you got tickets to a division series ball game, you'd go out of your way. You can't make it to prayer. Outreach is inconvenient. It's difficult. Yeah. But you're in a war. And sometimes you have to go on a forced march. And sometimes you have to do without in order to make things happen so you can win the battle. We're in the last days. We have things available. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, the weapons of a warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. He says we have some things we can use, but are we using them? 
What excuses do we make instead of using the things we have? And so we need to think this through because we have to work while we can work. Time is short. It's time to intensify the fight, intensify the attack on the enemy. We shouldn't be pulling back now. We should be moving ahead and pressing in and doing even more. I mean, these guys were outnumbered at least 50 to 4, and they still attacked. They repositioned to get a better angle of fire. I mean, they, they, they did everything right to defeat the enemy. Yes, there's casualties. Yes, there's difficulties. Yes, there's setbacks. Yes, there's failures. There is in every war. But when they were finished, the enemy thought they had won. Because of that radio message and a note sent from the gentleman who got away, they came back in force and eliminated the target. Their efforts helped win the battle and eliminate the enemy and successfully complete the mission. Your efforts do the same thing. You may think you're not making headway. You are. You may think not much is happening. It is. Every time you pray, you're making impact. Every time you witness, you're making impact. Every time you share your faith, you're making impact. Every time you come to church, you're making impact. And you may not see the results right now, but down the road, a superior force is coming. And we're going to win. And the mission will be accomplished. So I'm urging you to be involved. If you can just stay focused, refuse to be sidetracked. I know things come your way. I know there's temptations. I know there's tests and trials. I get it. All of us here have been through them, and some are very difficult. I understand that. But we can't backpedal. We can't give up ground to the enemy. We can't lose focus of the mission that we have been given by Christ as disciples. If you're a disciple here, and I hope everybody here is, because you should be, you have a mission to carry forward the things of God in your church, in your community, with the help and direction of your pastor to make impact for the kingdom of God. That's what we're called to, all of us. And if you'll do that, we'll get the prize. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the prize. Every year I look more forward to it. And it's getting better and better. Paul said, I keep trying to reach the goal and get the prize. Is that how we live our Christian faith as disciples? Do we press in when we know we need to and we know, already know how to? Or do we just sit back and try to be comfortable thinking somehow we've got to this place where it's now up to others? It's never up to others. This SEAL team just didn't run away and wait for everybody else to come and win the battle for them. They fought to the death for their mission, for their calling. Because they had a calling. They felt called to eliminate terrorism from planet Earth. We are called to win souls for Jesus and eliminate sin from planet Earth. We should take it as seriously as they do. All of us here have the opportunity 
You all have pastors that will help you, that will encourage you, that will give you the means to get things accomplished, that will teach you what you need to be taught. You can all learn and become part of the battle. And you can all stay in the fight if you choose to. But it's your decision. When it's all said and done, we get the prize. I don't know about you, but before I was saved, I liked to fight. After I got saved, I like to fight spiritually now. And most of you here do the same thing. You have, you have some scars in here from battles. But you're still in the fight. Because you've learned some things. And you've seen some things. You understand some things. Put that to use. We have pastors here that would love for you to rise up and say, you know what, I'm in the fight. What do I need to do? Point me in a direction, I'll go. These SEAL teams, they're, they're, a phone call comes in, says, here's your orders, here's where you're going to deploy, get it done. That's what they do. We should do the same. God gives us marching orders all the time. We have outreach every week. We have things happening every week. And the orders are always the same. Go win souls. Go build your church. Support the ministry. If we do that, we get the prize. Let's bow our heads and our hearts before the Lord. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.